0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.
1: Spring is in the air, and that means it's time to refresh your wardrobe with the season's hottest trends at the Black Sheep Boutique. Don't blend in this spring. Stand out with the Black Sheep Boutique with two locations to serve you in Tupelo or Saltillo or online at the Black Sheep Boutique, Tupelo.com. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi.
0: It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. But
1: I'm going to- Mississippi here I come
0: You're listening to good things with Rebecca Turner well, Mississippi, Mississippi here I come Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places and things to do. Now, now. Here's Rebecca.
1: Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. We've got Rhino in studio today. Don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. Of course, you can always find us too on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station and you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. Coming up this weekend, there will be a celebration in song for Pascagoula native Jimmy Buffett and he will take place Sunday at the Grand Magnolia Ballroom, and one of the musicians coming together to honor their late friend is Darwin Nelson of Double D Band. Hey, Darwin. Hey, Rebecca. How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I hear you are headed to Pascagoula, and maybe you are getting some of the Lord's good rain we've all been praying for.
2: Well, I'm over, I uh, actually headed to Pensacola, and uh, it is raining over here. Maybe I could bring some back to Mississippi to
1: see. We would totally appreciate that. You just bring the big old rain cloud right on with you, because I hope that you guys are going to be playing um, inside this upcoming weekend. This is a wonderful tribute and idea for y'all's friend and artist, Jimmy Buffett. How did this come about?
2: Well, we, first of all, we're all, you know, Jimmy Buffett disciples, I guess you would say, Uh Curtis Rockwell, our promoter, is uh, one of the biggest Jimmy Buffett fans I've ever known since he can crawl, basically. And, uh, and uh, Playing with us is going to be Matt Hoggett, Matt's former detective from Goshe, and he was on the uh, Mailboat Records label for a while with Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy discovered him back in 2012, and Matt kind of brought the rest of us along for the ride. Dana and I, my wife, we're double D, and we play at the Margaritaville in Biloxi and New Orleans and Pensacola and among others. And uh, also playing with us to be the one and only Johnny Meyer from Gautier, Mississippi, and then our buddy Taylor Craven from Ocean Springs by way of Clarksdale, who is a tremendous songwriter and been very influenced by Jimmy Buffett. So we've all been very influenced by him. And uh, we just thought, hey, there's going to be a lot of Jimmy Buffett tributes, but this will be the only one. In Jimmy Buffett's hometown So that's kind of where we're coming at it from
1: And a venue that he took the stage at Many times, I think even You know, recently, always coming home And sort of giving back the Grand Magnolia Ballroom, was that special To Jimmy? What's the connection there?
2: Well, uh, Richard Chenoweth, uh, Owner of Scranton's And the Grand Magnolia was good Friends with Jimmy And and uh, we've had Mac McAnally uh, Will Kimbrough, Keith Sykes Rodney Crowell All people that are Either played with Jimmy Buffett Are greatly influenced By him And uh, they played At the Grand Magnolia uh, Many different times And Jimmy uh, Has popped up A couple of times Unannounced Just to, to be at Master And be with all of us
1: Now I know This event is actually Going to be free Sunday at 6pm But you guys are Connecting with the charity I assume that it would be um, Associated with something Jimmy was near and dear to Tell us about that
2: Well Uh we are. It is, we're accepting donations, and uh, our charity of choice is Dixie Adoptibles. Uh Jimmy was a great dog lover, and if you look at the event uh, picture for for uh, Sunday night, he is pictured with his King Charles Spaniels. And uh, we're not going We probably won't have any King Charles Spaniels up for adoption, but Dixie Adoptables in Lucedale, Mississippi. Uh, they have a rescue mission and they transport animals to other parts of the country, and that's kind of our charity of choice. Really, at every uh, event we have at Grand Magnolia, and we thought that would be a great way to honor Jimmy and his love for dogs, and uh, and that was that's our charity for Sunday night. And we're going to be live streaming, and you can donate to Dixie and Optibles uh, in Jimmy's honor uh, Sunday night during the event. You can do it any time, really, if you want to go to the website, but. Uh, We figure we're going to have a lot of eyes on the program uh, Sunday night.
1: With so many decades of a career like Jimmy Buffett, how do you guys get together, Darwin, and decide what your set list is going to be for that night? Because if you played every song he ever recorded, you know, you you would be there for a really long time. So how do you even start to decide, like, how to pay tribute to someone who's been around in the business for so long?
2: Such a tremendous songwriter, and and, the, and, I, and I mentioned that in two weeks uh, we'll be. I happen to be associated with the Mississippi Songwriters Festival as well, and uh, Steve Azar is going to be with us this year for Hall of Fame Night, which is two weeks the night, And Jimmy was one the first inductee into the Mississippi Songwriters Hall of Fame five years ago, and that's what a lot of people fail to realize that he was such a temen- tremendous songwriter. A lot of people, you know, in the last 20 to 30 years, they know him as an entertainer. They know him as an entrepreneur. But Jimmy Buffett is second to none when it comes to songwriting. So it'd be hard-pressed to pick a song of Jimmy Buffett's that was, that was not fitting for Sunday night. Obviously, we can't do them all. Uh, me and Dana and uh, Matt, you know, worked a lot for Margaritaville. So we know a lot of Jimmy Buffett songs. So we're, we're able to try to pick the, the, you know, we want to have some fun with uh, one particular harbor and fast Gula Run. But we also want to be uh, respectful, you know, with Pirate looks at 40 and uh, he went to Paris, you know. So he, he really covered the whole gamut of songwriting, whether it was fun, entertaining, or just real respectful and, and mournful at times, you know. So we... Uh, we'll narrow that down by Sunday night. Obviously we can't do them all, but we're going to do some. We hope, we know most everybody in the room is going to be singing along with whatever we do. So, uh, we're going to have a good time with
1: it. You are going to have a good time. That's going to be 6 p.m. That's coming up Sunday night at the Grand Magnolia Ballroom there in Pascagoula. It is a free event, Darwin, but do they need to get tickets ahead of time? Will it? I know it won't technically sell out, but is it a chance that there won't, there'll be standing room only?
2: there is that possibility Rebecca we're you know we, when we kind of put our heads together wanting to do this uh we thought it would be nice and it's kind of blown up so we are expecting a uh, full house to be honest with you and if people want to see they probably need to be there uh, before six o'clock we're going to try to accommodate everybody as best we can uh if we have to put some speakers outside for the courtyard we'll do that as well uh but you know we we're, we're We want it to be kind of informal. We're we're obviously going to have a program, but uh, we know people are going to be there to honor Jimmy and his legacy, and they're going to want to sing along. So uh, I think if you're in the building or if you're in close proximity to the building, you're going to have a good time Sunday night, and I think we're going to memorialize Jimmy Buffett. Do
1: you remember the first time you met him, Darwin?
2: Uh, first time I actually met him was at Pensacola, at a Pensacola concert. As a matter of fact, Dana and I and Matt were playing for the uh, at the uh, Margaritaville resort there on Pensacola Beach before the show and after the show. And we had uh, uh, ringside tickets, if you will, right by the stage. We were able to speak to him as he stepped up on the stage. And I guess that was not until about 2012, 2013. Of course, Matt has uh, spent time with Jimmy. They've taken band rides together and done GoPro events, and Matt was on stage with him in Birmingham in 2012. He's our closest connection. And, uh, you know, anybody that's listened to Jimmy Buffett's music for the last 50 years probably feels like uh, they've met him in one way or another.
1: Will flip-flops be a requirement to come Sunday night?
2: I'll say that again, I'm sorry. Will
1: flip-flops be a requirement? Will you have to wear flip-flops to get in on Sunday night?
2: Not a requirement, but they certainly are accepted.
1: <laughs> will there be margaritas flowing on Sunday night? I think there probably will be. <laughs> <laughs> Did he really like margaritas? I feel like he definitely ran with that, but I always wondered if I ever got a chance, like was that his beverage of choice or was he secretly like a martini guy and it just didn't fit in the it, song?
2: It was, it was Probably either a margarita with Jose Cuervo or it might have been land shark beer so he can, uh, because he did have certainly an interest in
1: that. <laughs> Absolutely he did. A businessman he was but as you mentioned, first and foremost, he was a songwriter and uh, an artist of all kinds and I know that so many will be um, happy to get out and support him by coming and if they can't, going back to you can donate to the charity of choice Dixie Adoptable Animal Rescues Transports Project online. I know there will be a lot of cover and tributes uh darwin over the next well i guess now forever right like they will be giving respects yeah. but yeah, this I, this I, one's yeah, special
2: you're gonna see a lot of that but well, we're gonna be in jimmy's hometown so they can't take that away from us
1: no they cannot safe travels bring a little rain back with you maybe it can dry up for you, you guys's events sunday okay. night uh, but wishing cool. y'all the best
2: Thank you so much, Rebecca. We look forward to seeing everybody Sunday
1: night. All righty. It's going to be a good time. Again, that's the Grand Magnolia Ballroom there in Pascagoula where Jimmy Buffett was a native. It is a free uh, concert or a free event, I guess you could say. Doors or It starts at 6 p.m., but as Darwin said, you might want to get there a little early if you're trying to make uh, plans to actually get a seat to it. But if not and you want to pay respects instead of flowers or any other way, then the Dixie Adoptable Animal Rescues Transformation support project so how cool is that and wear your flip-flops right and if you if you like partake in a margarita why not all right stick with us we got more for you coming up next
0: searching for my
1: Don't forget you can watch us. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. Don't forget, too, about Supertalk Mississippi News Team. They are covering your Mississippi stories. So if you want to stay up to date, you can sign up for their free weekly newsletter at supertalk.fm slash newsletter. There's actually some good headlines over at supertalk.fm that I thought you might like to hear about. One being a company that has launched a 3-D printed rocket into space and they signed an agreement with Sinus Space Center. We're actually going to have them on coming up next week to talk a little bit more in depth about it. But one, this is cool for a lot of different reasons. I remember just a couple of years ago, USM was one of the first here in the state, I think, to have a 3D printer and they had the whole oh, makers um, kind of department or whatever. I'm getting the lingo right and wrong. It's makers, same, yeah. M- set, sign. And they were doing things. I still have the little um uh, flower pot thingy that she had uh, made me and like things that students were doing and now fast forward like less than seven years and we are sending 3d printed rockets into (laughs) into space now southern's not necessarily connected to that but but it's right here in mississippi nasa's stennis space center they have assigned an enhanced uh, use lease agreement with 3d printed rocket company relatively space on their vertical test stand and so they'll be using uh, some of the facilities there to test some of their rockets that they're creating through 3d printers they're looking for new infrastructure uh, ways, they're going to be spending like $267 million into Sinus and create jobs and all things. How cool. I just go back to, does anybody stop to say this is a 3D printed rocket that they're putting into space? I'm having a hard time with that technology of wrapping around how you can print something that then has the capacity to like withhold space travel, not like travel into space, like it travels. To space, So I'll be interested to hear more about that. I think 3D printing, I know it's the future, but again, like my brain doesn't comprehend how it layers everything together and just comes out the way it's supposed to be but but pretty cool and who knows we'll probably end up with some kind of career technical job that uses 3d printing I am probably already behind on that statement there probably is already one that does that and uh, you've got Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College they just got a million dollars from the Lowe's Foundation to expand the college's career and technical training program I think that's pretty cool You guys have heard this before. We've got a shortage on skilled trade workers in fields like heating, air conditioning. Man, if you've had your air conditioning unit go out this summer, God bless you, number one. And number two, you may have waited for a hot second because, pun intended. Because there is a shortage of those professionals getting to you. And then um, electrical, drafting, manufacturing, construction, all of that. And the cool part is, though, if any of that sounds interesting to you, we have a lot of our community colleges that can help get you in a new career and sort of bridge that labor gap. It's never too late, I think, to like you know, take take a take a pivot and sort of turn in that way. And so now because of the Lowe's Foundation um grant, they will be offering enhanced training opportunities, scholarships, internships, apprenticeships, job placements, all the things. So all the, the ships. All the ships, all the things. And you go work on ships. I bet that's part of, of depending on what which career School you went a fair to. Fair amount
3: of welding goes into ship manufacturing and electrical,
1: and I bet ships have air conditioning and drafting. <laughs> although I'm really not sure what all that is about <laughs> construction. Uh,
3: drafting is when you make the blueprints.
1: Got it. So it's a very really, It's the
3: professional word for drawing.
1: So that's like the architect, like kind of like what the yeah. architect does. That's very important because if those are screwed up. Then,
3: and it's also not nearly as simple as we're making it sound because you have no, absolutely to use not. Math. different apps and math and things like geometry.
1: that. You remember that class? Yeah, I, I remember, you know, one thing I remember about geometry is there was a basketball goal on the door and then there was like the wall next, like where the door, would, you know, like you put it on the back of the door and then you have the wall that's coming into the door and the teacher would make you stand with a, ba- with a basketball, a small one, and try to get you to figure out the angle you had to hit the wall to make it into the basket I have no idea or remember like what method of geometry that was other than I couldn't do triangles on paper and I couldn't do them on air (laughs) with a bouncy ball but he would they were trying real hard to sort of have uh, a hands-on thing and I that's the one thing I remember about geometry class and all the angles uh, there was a right way to get it. You remember more than I do. Well, it was because it was a fun day in class. And, you know.
3: I just remember I took algebra and geometry in the same year in, like, back-to-back hours. And the only thing I really remember from geometry besides programming the Pythagorean theorem and the quadratic equation and all that fun oh, stuff into my head just a calculator, started hurting. I just remember having to deal with conjectures where you had to... And this is what was so mind-boggling to me and mind-numbing was, oh, here's the Pythagorean theorem. Prove it. Why do I got to prove it? <laughs> it's been proven by people much smarter than I am many times over. Why am so I having to
1: prove it? we know it works. So if we were concerned about it. Not equaling whatever it was supposed to. Why are we learning about it? So let's just let's just call a spade call a spade for a spade. It works. We're gonna, we're gonna roll with it. Neely started her first, uh, so she went into the sixth grade. Real deal like science project, and it's constructing. She gets to choose a plant cell, bacteria, or an animal cell, and create like a 3D model out of it. The good thing is she's super excited, artsy, so ready for projects. But I was trying to think back, like, my very first or a memorable school project that I can't – I the only one I remember, like, just – well, I remember science projects. That's a little bit different when you did like science fair. But I mean, like classroom projects where everybody was forced into, into doing it. And I don't remember. And
3: nobody got to do the volcano.
1: And nobody got to do the volcano. And I don't remember which grade it was in. It had to be elementary school. Um, but it was a shoebox, a shadow box of the dinosaurs and you like spray painted it black in the middle and you built up all the the different whatever and you had the like the little and you had the moss that was the whole thing and i can all like i can close my eyes and i can see that entire shadow box i don't really remember the assignment once again very spacious on <laughs> things I learned and brought back from school. But there are things that, like, stick in my – I remember doing the whole project, like, and the, being very proud of it. Um, and I can't – I wonder whatever – I can't believe my mom didn't keep it as much – as proud as I am of it, what, 35 years, 30 years removed. But do you remember a project like that?
3: I I'm oddly proud of something that I probably shouldn't be too proud of in the grand scheme of things, but – I'm proud of throwing together a science project the night before it was due. Imagine that. On the the nonsensical hypothesis of does temperature influence buoyancy? And literally all I did was I had bowls of hot water and cold water and balloons full of hot water and cold water and just saw which whether they floated more or not. But hot I water managed,
1: wouldn't have popped the balloon.
3: I mean not boiling hot.
1: Oh, would you put? But you put the water in the balloon, or you put the balloon on the water? I had a bowl
3: of hot water and a bowl of ice water, and then I had a balloon that I filled with same temperature as the hot water and same temperature as the cold water. Literally, all they wanted us to do was just have a hypothesis and test the hypothesis. So I, I, I got a decent grade. I think I got a B plus or an A minus on it. So I got a good grade, but I literally just threw it together in a couple hours the night before.
1: What was the conclusion?
3: That it doesn't have a measurable difference (laughs) in a bowl of water, although I'm pretty sure scientifically it has a huge difference, but with what I was working with, you couldn't tell.
1: What would be bouncier?
3: Well, I would imagine cold water would be denser, so it would be, you'd be more buoyant in cold water, but then again, hot water has more energy in it, so...
1: I get my butt off of hot water before I think I would cold <laughs> water. <laughs> I mean, at some point, it just becomes ice. But I mean, if you drop me on a pot boiling water, I'm going to hop out a little bit a little bit quicker. I know that's not it. My most memorable science fair project was how important are your thumbs, and I taped my thumbs down, <laughs> and then my mom video or uh, photographed you trying to do all the different things uh, with without your like with a thumb and then you know without your thumb and <laughs> they're important so like oh, yeah. <laughs> they are more important than you than you think about and you don't think about your thumb kind of like your pinky toe if you don't have it if you're living life without it you you had to relearn how to walk it's like what is this little phalange and why is it so important you can get away with more things without a pinky finger it would still be awkward some things but the, the pinching of the thumb and the first finger is incredibly important for a lot of daily activities that you have to then get really used to just brushing your teeth. You have to put it between your, your fingers and try to figure out how to, how to stimulate it and do it. All the good things, all the fun things. Look at all we remembered in school. Very few things <laughs> of importance, but hey, something, something stuck. If you remember something uh, from your school project, six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. But stick with us; we got more up next. Things. don't forget, we are streaming live over at Supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. You can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. And head over to Supertalk.fm slash GNR to find a registration box near you for the last few days of the Guns N' Roses VIP contest. How many more days is there, Rhino? Do you know?
3: I believe it closes at midnight on the 11th.
1: Midnight on the 11th, which is coming up quick, fast, in a hurry. Math is hard. So is Trig and everything else we've been talking about. So that's just a couple of days away from now. That's like next week. So if you even have been thinking about it, or if maybe you want to sneak in another registration or two, I don't think there's a limit of how many times that you can put your name in the bucket then just go to supertalk.fm slash GNR you find a registration box near you you go you must be 21 years um, or older to enter you fill out the form you put it in the little box and your chance to win tickets to Guns N' Roses it's coming up September 20th at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum there in Biloxi you'll get a night stay at the luxurious Beau Rivage a limo ride to and from the concert and good times to be had so you have to be in it to win it no pressure no pressure no pressure no pressure no and no purchase <laughs> necessary for that we tell you all the time you need to be part of our good things facebook group uh, we have a lot of fun there we start fun conversations we share really good headlines it's easy to do if you're on the book of faces take your uh, little browser up to the search bar type in good things with and it will pop up and you can click join. Rhino and I will let you um let you in today. We're having fun with the idea of what were you too old? What were you told you would grow out of but never did? And so I think I, I think of this now just thinking of my kids because I look at some of the quirky things that they do or the things that, you know, that's, you you consider to be like childhood staples. But then you don't grow out of all, you grow out of some of them, but you don't grow out of all of them. The older you get, some linger. Gosh, I
3: hope we don't have like (laughs) newscast with TikTok dancing in 15 years.
1: No, that would be nice to grow out of that. Yes. Um, I'm talking more about just that stuff that made your childhood, childhood. And then, you know, you kind of label it as childish, but not in a derogatory way and you but you just still find joy in it now that you're an adult you kind of didn't let that go like your Serrano is one that i feel like many people uh connect with which is what
3: uh watching quote-unquote cartoons Mm -hmm. because that's what most people call anime is a cartoon and playing video games although there was a period in my life where i I did kind of grow out of watching anime and then got into college and just killing time, hanging out with different people and was reintroduced to it. And I was like, wait, I already liked this. Why did I stop liking this? This is enjoyable.
1: It's kind of like A- it is still someone enjoyable. says you should. I mean, kind of like with cartoons and then your, your entertainment interests do shift at some point. And then I think you just feel like watching cartoons is childish. Now, if you had younger siblings, you probably watched cartoons willingly and felt less shame about it longer because your your younger brother or sister was also into something. We see that now. There's a seven-age difference with Neely and, and, and the baby, and she'll sit and just get her and the husband will get dazed into Bluey and all the things that are on TV and sort of watch. But speaking of my husband, though, he will 100% on a Saturday morning if the girls are up, they want to turn on um, Looney Tunes or... Uh,
3: Merry Melodies.
1: Yep, and sit there. He would sit all weekend morning and be as happy as a lark just hanging out watching the cartoons in which he, you know, enjoyed. And there is something that transcends decades or generations with those particular cartoons. I feel
3: like Merry Melodies is definitely one that younger generations are, are missing out on because that was my exposure to so many different pieces of classical music that once i got into high school and and music or art appreciation and then having music classes and you hear these songs and you go why does this sound so familiar oh yeah it's because i watched a cartoon when i was four years old that played the full piece and it was animated to be entertaining but the piece stuck with you
1: Something else that stuck with Cindy was eating desserts for breakfast, but aka, like, <laughs> muffins, chocolate chip waffles. Let's be honest, here in the South, we can really turn. Some desserts into, uh, breakfast foods into desserts. But she may actually mean eating desserts for, for breakfast. That may be a real thing. I know if you're at the grandparents house, they will, they chocolate will cake. absolutely give you a chocolate cake, slice of chocolate cake or pound cake and a big glass of milk and call that. You know the best meal of the it's day. It's
3: got eggs and milk and flour in it. That's breakfast, right?
1: Right. Or it's like, don't eat that for breakfast. Here, have a honey bun. Yeah. You know I mean? So <laughs> it absolutely can be. It can be the same. Martha uh, brings up something though. Her dislike for coffee. So I think there's a lot of things, or you could say your dislike for vegetables, because I find myself saying, You're, "You'll change your mind when you get older." You'll change your mind when you get older. And there's some of you have just have had a disdain for your for veggies since since you got on this planet, and you're probably going to have a disdain for them since till you leave the planet. And then there's some that are completely different. You had a transition in your. Taste buds and what you were willing to sort of sort of try. You are very uh, brave and curious in your culinary choices, Rhino. Have you always been that way, or did it, or did you have a moment of transition at some point?
3: I've never really. I mean, you don't get to be as big as I am by being a picky eater, but.
1: That's not true. A lot of chicken fingers and French fries could get you get you picked it.
3: <laughs> But I always kind of made fun of of family members that were picky eaters. Like my mom, bless her soul. If she ordered a a burger at an establishment and they put cheese on it and cheese melted in any way, they had to go remake that burger. Do not scrape the cheese off. Don't. She did not want that melted cheese on a burger, and that was her thing. That was. But I've. I never really had a, a phase where I was picky, but I, I have grown more and more adventurous the older I've gotten, the more I've discovered different unique dishes and different cultures dishes. Like I didn't have any exposure to say Indian food growing up in Tupelo. I don't even think we had an I don't think they have an Indian restaurant now. And if they do, go to it, check it out, because Indian food is the sole food of Asian food. It's delicious, and I wish I had discovered that earlier.
1: I feel like if you travel a lot... Or if you find yourself with friends who don't look like you more, you will be more open sort of to to the culinary piece. Um, I got at least I'm not real brave. I'm not as brave as you are. Um, I'm also don't have all the opportunities. But we had a great culinary class um, in school that opened us up to all the different major cuisines. And then we had to cook and taste and do all things. And it gave me a huge appreciation that. It You know, that there's a big sort of world out there, but I was never a huge picky eater. But I know grown folks, grown folks who are groomsmen in our wedding, groomsman in our wedding, let's narrow it down. He knows who he is if he's listening. To this day, it is chicken fingers and french fries for that dude. That's it. That that's what he likes. That's what he wants. There's a few other things. I think there's some chicken wings thrown in there, and there may be hamburger time or two. But for the most part, if you're going out, whether it's a five star restaurant or a fast food joint, he's gonna get the chicken fingers and he's gonna get the French fries as a grown man. And that's what he wants. Oh, and mac and cheese. Yep, you know who you are. I'm putting you on. I'm putting you on blast. And somebody else is very triggered. They're like, "That's me." She's talking about me. Hey, that's fine. You get to choose your your. Uh, your food choices, but we can expand it just a little bit. You're missing out on a whole lot of things in life that way. Just as laughing at inappropriate things at inappropriate times. It's hard to grow out of that.
3: I mean, I don't think I'll ever get to an age where a fart joke won't be funny.
1: You just feel more embarrassed that you laughed at the wrong because you shouldn't.
3: I mean, I would be embarrassed if I laughed at someone breaking wind at a funeral, <laughs> but it would be hard still not to laugh.
1: This is true. It is hard not to laugh at inappropriate things. And it's hard not to make inappropriate jokes at inappropriate times if that's just woven into your into your personality there's always going to be that person that has to break the tension with something funny and it's usually inappropriate but it's definitely inappropriate timing but for the most part for at least 75 percent of the people in that vicinity it's a it's a it's a welcomed break in either the anger or the sadness or the tension or whatever it may be even if it's at that person's fault or whatever and so and it's really hard to just if you're that person to keep your mouth shut and not say <laughs> not say something at you know something at all no no the conversation doesn't end over on the good things facebook group you can join us there stick with us we got a few more good things for you coming up next
0: Turner she's smart and pretty good things with Rebecca Turner continues on super top Mississippi you take you take running
1: The good things. Don't forget, we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm and you can always find us too on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And today is a fun National Day, Rhino. It is National Beer Lovers Day, there so there's go. that for you guys who enjoy that. But right under it was National Grandma Moses Day and I was like, who is Grandma Moses? Am I the only one who doesn't know who this lady is? I think uh,
3: You've probably heard her name before because it's a pretty common colloquialism to say older than Grandma Moses.
1: Yes, I have that but i did never realized who she was and why she was significant do you know her story
3: i do she was a painter but she didn't pick up the paintbrush until she was 70s. in 60s or 70s yeah of arthritis yeah and her i think the word they use her pastoral paintings her idyllic countryside paintings mm-hmm. were hanging in a in a soda jerk or a a drugstore or something mm-hmm. and then a collector came along saw them got them put in a show everybody loved them and then she over the next global. couple of decades yeah i mean i want to say she was on the cover of time or people or one of those big magazines to celebrate her 100th birthday and that's kind of where the whole older than grandma moses came from
1: At one point in her, in 1950s, her exhibition broke attendance records all over the world as part of her 100th birthday celebration, Life Magazine, featured Grandma Moses on the September 16th, 1960 um, cover. But yeah, she didn't even start painting until the 70s. It was a way for her to get in some kind of creative outlet because of her arthritis. She was born September 7th, 1860. So math is hard, but she would have been older than 100
3: (laughs) I think she she made it to 100 but I don't think she made it much past I think she passed away at 101 102 something like that
1: so she'd be 163 today right
3: Uh, possibly
1: yes well 1960 would be 100 right 60 to 2000 would be 40 and then <laughs> we're going to get there guys and then 2023 would be an extra 23 right so 63 163 we did it <laughs> without a calculator <laughs> and i didn't use any of my fingers or my toes <laughs> to get there but it is interesting the steps we had to take in my head to get us to, uh, math is one of those if you if you take two different people and they don't have to follow like anything specific and you threw out a math uh, problem to them for them to have to either do in their head or grab a piece of paper and do it quickly. It's fascinating how we've cre- everyone creates shortcuts or ways to remember things. Or if you go by tens or go by fives or whatever it may be to sort of get to the answer and how your brain works, um, works sort of differently. But there you go. It should have been 163 today. I think it's cool. And the whole... Point of it, yes, being older than Grandma Moses, but also I think it's incredibly inspiring that you never – like, life's never over. Like, if you're still here and breathing, this woman had absolutely zero, like, um, want to be a global artist sensation. Oh, yeah.
3: It was just a hobby for her. If I remember correctly, she was she was more proud of her family mm-hmm. and her preserves. I think she was pretty handy in the kitchen making preserves, and she was really proud of those even more so than her paintings, she, if I'm remembering if I'm remembering it correctly, she didn't quite understand what all the hubbub was about over her paintings because it was just a hobby.
1: It was a little bit more than that. I think one of her her highest um, ones sold. I can't remember the name of it, but I remember it's like 1.4 million dollars or something that was back in the 60s or 70s. Um, so you wonder if like if her family still has connection to the or the rights to her work or however it may be. Hopefully. I want to say there's a
3: museum that has most of her work. But then again, there, there I know there was a private uh, holder of one of her pieces that now hangs in the White House that he donated. Pretty cool. I so. can't remember his name. For some reason, Otto is coming to mind.
1: You never know. It ain't over until it's over. You may become a world-renowned artist. And you're ticked. You know, there are the grandma. I can't remember where they're from now. But there are. Uh, some grandmas from mississippi who are famous on tiktok their accounts got like close to a million or something absolutely outstanding at their age and it's but who wouldn't like two bickering southern grannies going after it And i think they have a lot of fun too i don't think they're just they're bickering but but it just goes to show you you never know what will what will happen in that way so There you go. You never know, too, what we'll be posting over on the Good Things Facebook group. So make sure you hang out with us there. We're still having a lot of fun reminiscing about things we should have grown out of, but maybe we hadn't yet. But in a more positive and fun way, whether it's watching cartoons, reading comics, Building forts and playing outdoors like Bobby and Hazel Hurst said. It's okay to still enjoy the things that you enjoyed in your childhood. So there you go. Alright, stick with us too. You got more coming up next. You got the boys with Sports Talk Mississippi. They'll be with you from three to six. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at two. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things.
0: Give good things for you. Give good things for you.